So the Titans beat the Dolphins, the Giants beat the Packers, the Cowboys beat the Eagles, and the Vikings scored three points in the game. Just three. That was it. And still won it to nil. Unbelievable. Go home, NFL. You're clearly pissed. This is utter punts. What am I working with? Dan, you have to take a, a finger. I'll feel for you all. You can do that. You'll only lose by 20. <laughs> Welcome along, you utter punts. This is the NFL podcast made for NFL fans in the UK. After a weekend of utterly mad results, this is a polite reminder we'll be the only pundits in the Western Hemisphere to say the Titans would win. It's incredibly boring. How is that yeah, boring? Carry on. Shut up, you. <laughs> if anybody mentions Taylor Swift, it's a straight red card and a two-pod ban. We got everything right last week. Yeah, cruised it last week. I'm pretty sure I only got one wrong. Professional, one wrong. <laughs> Unbelievable. I tell you what, I tell you what. Welcome along, you utter punts. This is the NFL podcast made for NFL fans in the UK in association with endzonekit.co.uk and Beer Keller with me in Manchester this week. He's our rain man of the NFL. Although I've never really found out if he refuses to fly, if he's got to be in bed by exactly 11 o'clock every night, or if he watches reruns of the People's Court on TV. I do know he's exactly the kind of dude that could walk out of Caesar's Palace 86 grand rich to repay loans on his brother's Lamborghinis. It's Ravens fans, Dan Horton. Hello, mate. How are you? He drives a Porsche. Yeah. (laughs) Really? Do you have to pay the loan off on that? Uh, In Birmingham, it's Vikings fan Dave Keane. I tried to come up with a famous redhead to base his intro on, but I stopped when I got to Ron Weasley in fear he might requisition a broomstick and fly to Manchester to throw a bludger at my head from point-blank range. If you get it, great. If you don't, I don't care. You all right, Dave? Oh, good, mate. One of his brothers is a Blues fan. The other is a Villa fan. I despise them all. It's easier to just take any kind of judgment out of the equation. And go to Hammerroot and saying, right, the Weasley twins who were cast in the film from Sutton Coalfield are wrong <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Great way to start the podcast. On the way, a look at the stories that caught our eye in the NFL this week, a full look ahead to the weekend's games, and there's a lot of them. Some fancy advice too. This is Utter Punts. Yes, hello. Welcome along. Uh, We are in Manchester. Dave is in Birmingham. Um, There's loads to talk about this week. And um, Dave, I think we always sort of have a little WhatsApp group during the week about what we're going to be talking about. And you just sent a message through that said Monday night upsets. And I think it's probably a really good place to start, isn't it? Because it was completely nuts. Wow. I mean, the Giants won. Very predictable. That that shouldn't happen. Should it, Dan? The Giants winning. The Giants shouldn't win. Especially three in a row. That's even weirder. And then then the Packers lost, which, you know, really? I thought they were about to win the division. Everyone was saying so. I think I said so. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where the, the, the Giants turned up, um, the Titans turned up as well against the Dolphins. There's been so many upsets this weekend. Like, Dan, you must be looking like a genius, mate. Me and Liam looking like morons for having gone with a route that we should have gone with. But, yeah, happy, happy days, mate. Happy days. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, more upsets, please. Especially the ones with benefit Which bit Vikings. did you get right? The Giants bit? Both of them. <laughs> You got both. <laughs> so we, the t- Titans and the Giants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Dave said the Titans as well, though, didn't yeah. he? Uh, I, I, I said I, I, I had a chance. Yeah. I, I didn't do what Dan did, which was to declare an open uh, preference for both of the massive underdogs. So credit to you, mate. Impressive. Very impressive indeed. Did it did it reflect in your winnings this weekend as well? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because the Acker came in as well, of course. So uh, yeah. the, the acker that we came up with at the end of the pod yeah. came in yeah. and your personal bets came in. Yeah. Did you walk out of Caesar's Palace, 86 <laughs> grand richer, and repay the loans on your brother's Lamborghinis by any chance? Uh, could have done, couldn't he? Um, what do you think is causing the upsets? Is it just that time of year where weird things start to happen? It's hype. The team, teams go on a two-game run against bad teams and they're hyped up as being world-beaters and then they come up against a team that's got a bit about them, another average team at home and they get beat. That's... It's a mediocre middle of the NFL, I'm afraid. That's that's all it is. And when you've got star players like Derek Henry, DeAndre Hopkins in a team, then any game they're capable of beating anybody. And those two players turned up and they, they did a number on the Dolphins who 
lost Tyreek Hill in the game for long periods and, and really didn't have many answers and looked a bit soft again. So, Is the Eagles' result, Dave, the opposite of that, where we hadn't really expected Dallas to turn up against any decent team all season long and then all of a sudden, well, they did? Well, I've said it, didn't I? I've said, I've said uh, after having watched the Eagles lose so convincingly to the 49ers, maybe the flat track bullies would find something against them. That's all I think happened. They went into it with a different mental onset. But also, they're pretty much undefeated this season at home. Dak has been flying, and particularly at home. Their, their away record's a bit shonky. Um, but they've now got the Eagles within their sights, which I didn't think would happen. I might have to rethink my hate a little bit. I can't. I hate the Eagles. Uh, but I also hate the Cowboys. It's a weird one, isn't it? But yeah, hopefully... If they end up meeting each other in a wild card round, something disastrous can happen like that. <laughs> Did you just get attacked, blindsided by a some, left tackle? Some shit like that. I don't know. Anymore. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, ho- hopefully, something terrible happens at the Cowboys Eagles game. So yeah, just to uh, just because I don't like either. I don't want any of either of them to win a Super Bowl. I don't like either Wait, head coach. There's no redeeming like- features. Undercooked hot dogs or something. Oh, I don't no, know, man. Yeah, mass food poisoning that isn't life. At least, at least with undercooked undercooked hot dogs, it's not a vegan meal, right? Which you know, <laughs> killing all those ecosystems, all those vegans, murdering the bees. I don't get it, but like we are where we are with the world at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you keep you keep farming your avocados and killing off entire ecosystems whilst feeling good about yourselves. I had avocado on toast for breakfast this morning. Remember See, when we said we've got loads of games to cover? Problem. I didn't. I didn't at all. I didn't have breakfast this morning. Yeah, oh, shoot. We need to crack on, don't we? I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I love yeah. this. Look, we've, we're straight down mm-hmm. the Dave. The Dave I, they're, they're not conspiracy theories. They're just theories, all right? That's straight no, down the theories, Dave mate. theories route. So, scientific fact with the avocados, the, 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 the tofu, and uh, whatever else we want to throw into the mix, which is generally... Oh, almonds, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. You've got bigger bastards. <laughs> no, uh, almonds are a massive. Don't get us started. We could go down a very, very deep rabbit hole. You, uh, you wanted to talk about a story that you'd spotted this week, didn't you? Yeah, well, I watched. Um, I got I got first hand viewing of Puka Nakua um, on Sunday against the Ravens, and he, you know, some of the catches were, were brilliant. He played really well. They lost, obviously. Uh, good. Um, and he's on track to break the rookie receiving record. Uh, well, since the merger, the rookie receiving record held by Jamar Chase of 1,455 yards. Impressive. Um, but it isn't the most yards ever by a wide receiver, rookie wide receiver. So I looked into who was the leading rookie wide receiver. And it's a chap called Bill Groman. Bill Groman played for the Houston Oilers in 1960, and he broke the rookie receiving record then. He led all receivers in that, in that age before the um, merger in the NFL and NFL that season with 1,473. Bill Groman uh, was undrafted. No one drafted him. He came out of college, uh, wasn't drafted, so ended up being a teacher at an eighth grade school. He was playing catch at a school event and was spotted by the husband of one of the teachers, um, Bob Snyder. Bob Snyder had just retired from the NFL um, and had been working with a coach um, called Lou Rimkos, who'd just been appointed head coach of the Houston Oilers in 1959. Wow. He told him he should be looking at this Groman, looking at his skills he had in this uh, child's event. Um, so they signed him up. He played four seasons in the NFL, set the rookie receiving record, won four AFL championships after retiring in six, after six years. So hasn't really um, got the stats, longevity to be in the Hall of Fame. But apparently the shoes are bronzed from his his rookie season are in Canton. Um and Bill Groman passed away, unfortunately, in, in June 2020 at 83. Oh, fair play. Bill Groman, story ladies and gentlemen. Bill Groman. Yeah. Bill Groman. What a legend. So, I've got a question. Mm-hmm. Why then does Jamar Chase hold the rookie receiving record? Because a lot of the records started since the merger in 1966. So, an NFL record that stands from 1966. But that's not all records. There was football before that. Is this like, um, you know, the records for top flight football in the UK only starting in 1992 when the Premier League started even though we all know it's a pretty much whole heap of rubbish much, yeah. it's like the WWE forgetting all reference to the warrior things like that yeah. <laughs> maybe um, there are certain characters there is Dave we're oh, not going there that's a different the podcast thing, that you and I are going to do it's not this one we're not doing wrestling on this one the other interesting thing is he did it in 14 games expert. <laughs> Wow. they only played 14 games at that point so three games less than these lot are playing now 
Wow, incredible. Uh, right, look, we are going to move on because we've just got a boatload of games to preview, so we're just going to keep motoring Loads through. Yes, <laughs> look how happy Dave is. He's so happy to be doing so many the, games. The first, the first game really pleases me as well. Yeah, really just, wait till, just wait until we get there. Um, the rule is that three of us have got a veto during the previews this okay. week, okay? So if at any stage we just don't want to talk about that game, we can hit the veto button and it gets a sentence and we move on. I can talk about any game. I know you can. It's whether you want to talk about any game. There's the question. Uh, look, before we move on and do the stock market game, which is coming in just a minute, I thought we would do uh, a little bit from our sponsors, endzonekit.co.uk. They are absolutely brilliant. And here's how you can find out a bit more. Utterpunts is proudly sponsored by one of the best kit suppliers out there, Endzone Kit. Enzone is a transatlantic company whose mission is to make finding kits a little bit easier and a little bit more affordable so you can represent your favourite American sports teams. Whether you're looking for NFL, college football, baseball, hockey or basketball memorabilia, Enzone's got you covered. With sizes from newborn up to 3XL, anyone can find something at endzonekit.co.uk. And one of the things that we love is that they have a whole range of retro and pre-loved gear so you can rock your vintage style while supporting your team. So why not head to endzonekit.co.uk and find yourself a bargain. And because you listen to Utter Punts, you can have a 15% discount at checkout when you use the code PUNTS. endzonekit.co.uk, the place to go for your American sports kit. Right then, they are lovely folk as well. Get yourself to endzonekit.co.uk, use the code PUNTS at checkout, you get 15% off. Um, Good stuff. Just in time for Christmas as well. If you're really quick, you get those Christmas presents in for those NFL fans in your family. Uh, should we do the stock market game? Yeah. I can tell you, Dave, you are eight points better off than you were last week. I am three points better off than I was last week. Dan is 13 points worse off than he was last week. And it means that Dave has snuck into the lead by a single point. So it currently... Top of the table, Dave on 25. Uh, second in the table by a point, uh, Dan on 24. And me languishing at bottom of the table on eight points. But three points better off than I was last week. So it is an improvement. Uh, this is the stock market game. We pick uh, four teams. One team to do worse than they did last season. Three teams to do better than they did last season. For every place, better or worse they finish, depending on whether you pick them to be better or worse, you get yourself a point. Uh, and that's how we figured it out based on the standings. This is going to have a bit of a monumental shift in the next few weeks, I think. So we'll keep an eye on these league tables as they, <laughs> yeah. as they go really around. Well, when, when the Eagles get kicked out of a wildcard round by whoever they're playing end up being worth what minus well, at, maybe eight points. at the minute at the minute they'll be playing at the um, NFC South winner so I think they'll be alright <laughs> jeez it's a mess that <laughs> I think they probably prefer it, that than playing at home it, um, it, can, it can still go worse yeah <laughs> look at that face I'm not sure it can um Interestingly, very top of the regular standings at the moment, one Baltimore Ravens, first time that they've been there so far this season and now top these standings. So we should keep an eye on that. <laughs> you got you got something in your beard there, Dave? Yeah, mate, just something flew in my mouth. It must have oh. been a fly or a bird of some description. Yeah, a large no, black uh, bird. A large black bird that apparently sounds like a turkey whenever we're yeah. doing impression competitions, right? Uh, when we were at Beer Tur- Keller. Rav- Ravens and Eagles both sound like turkeys, but let's put them through anyway. Yeah. No. But- <laughs> I'm going to put you as the judge next time at the next live show that we have at Beer Keller. They weren't uh, eagles. Manchester. They weren't ravens. They were uh, definitely yeah, turkeys. The, yeah, gobble, gobble, again, gobble. Uh, nobody said that. Literally, nobody, nobody. Uh, so the stock market is something that we keep an eye on. The other thing that we keep an eye on is the Fantasy Game Day app. Lovely, lovely folks over at fantasygameday.app. If you want to get it downloaded from the Google Play or iTunes stores, you can download it. It is Daily Fantasy. They've got lists of players all wonderfully graphics and pictures and all of that licensed stuff and all of the prices for them are all in pounds rather than dollars and it's just a really really good app to use we need more players playing it though that's the big thing we yeah. we want you as listeners of utter punts to get yourself over to, to the fantasy game day app and we want you to use it so much that we're going to give you a free entry if you register using the code punts p-u-n-t-s so when you register deposit some cash 
put your first team in. We will then give you another one completely free of charge just for being a listener to Utterpon. So get yourself over there and do it. Every week, we try our level best to give you a little bit of advice on who we're picking. I say we. These boys try and give you some advice on who they're picking for their team and that might help you making some decisions when you're putting your fantasy team in. So, Dave, who are you going with this week? Oh, man. So, so I've, I've done an incredible job of tipping people for other people and then due to budgetary constraints, not actually including that person in my own team. Um, I, unlike Liam, do not want any more players. Like I don't want any more competition. Yeah. I'm fed up of losing because um, I am losing. I'm losing a fair amount. But at the same time, it is an awful lot of fun. It keeps me interested in all the games that are going on on the TV, on those 6 o'clock and 9 o'clock games. Um, this week, I'm going to go with something a little bit more basic. We are The Vikings are going to have Nick Mullins throwing. That basically means we're going to be checking it down a lot for Hawkinson. Despite whatever he costs you, he's going to be a good value purchase against that Cincinnati Bengals defence um, because it's probably the only way the Vikings are going to be moving the ball whilst Jake Browning humiliates us by beating his former team that actually gave him his first club oh god man like <laughs> move on okay Dan who did he pick uh, TJ Hawkinson oh cool um, I'd say my advice would be any any Rams player really Stafford Karen Williams Cooper, uh, Cooper Cup Puka mm-hmm. uh, but Drake London um, last week uh, went for 10 receptions 172 yards he led all receivers so 27 points that and he's cheap he's only £3,800 they're playing uh, the Panthers, who are just about garbage, uh, and I think I think they're worse than garbage. So I don't know if there is worse than garbage. Um, and he's cheaper than Adam Thielen on the other side, who's four thousand pounds. So London's the leading receiver. He'll score points this week against that bad Panthers team, and the Falcons have to win. Uh, and unbelievably, they keep trying to throw the ball. So. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. I I enjoy it, though. The the, the yardage and the turnovers are an awful lot of fun. Keep it up, guys. Yeah, I love it. Panthers really are bad as well. They're really, really bad. Uh, Look, this is obviously a a gambling app. You have to be responsible when you are waging money. If you think that you're having a problem, head to uh, begambleaware.org. Don't forget cash prizes if you finish in the top places, and um, it's well worth a go. And again, begambleaware.org. On to the previews, and Dave's really looking forward to this one. Minnesota Vikings at Cincinnati Bengals is where we're kicking this one off. Saturday the 16th of December at 6.15pm. We have got some Saturday games to deal with. Uh, First one coming up at Paycor. Two teams with identical records, but no Joshua Dobbs for the Vikings. Dave, do you want to lead us off here? Oh, am I allowed to veto this one? You, if you wish to veto, you can hit your veto button and you can just say a sentence nah, and move on. I'll tell you what, I'll get a quick rant off my chest. So the Minnesota Vikings managed to take part in the lowest scoring game indoors in NFL history at the weekend. I watched it. Uh, it was, uh, quite frankly, a dumpster fire. Um, when Nick Mullins is a man who comes in and helps you move 50 yards downfield, you've got to wonder what the hell was going on with the previous quarterback. And quite frankly, I blame Kevin O'Connell because the play calling was absolutely awful for Joshua Dobbs. You had two weeks to come up with a game plan. You failed. Now we've got Nick Mullins coming in, who is essentially a pocket passer, but of probably not even fit to tie the, the cleats of Kirk Cousins which I never thought I'd end up saying um, Jake Browning actually used to play for the Vikings has come in and done a fairly good job for the Bengals and quite honestly whatever happens happens we should win we won't win it's for the Vikings I hate this Vito <laughs> can't be to it now it's the longest yeah. preview, longest preview of the night um, it's the longest preview I think he's ever done <laughs> oh, I hate it man yeah. Oh no, fair. I, I can understand why. Damn. I think if this if this was Kirk Cousins versus um, Joe Burrow, you'd probably tip the Bengals because yeah, of the better team. Uh, they've got backup quarterback, big battle quarterback. I think Jake Browning's doing a decent job. I think he'll a bit like Dobbs did after two good games. I think he'll come back to ground once there's some real tape on him. Um, and I think that won't be this week because I think the Vikings are just on a downward spiral. There's a bit of a stink on them. I know they won at the weekend, but it's not going to last long. I think that might be hey, their last hey, win hey. of the season. We held a team to zero. Sorry, you you said you'd done. Yeah, <laughs> we held a team to zero, Dan. 
You did. It was the Raiders, though, with Aidan O'Connell, yeah? So let's not be uh, getting too we'll excited. We'll get into it later, yeah. Um, <laughs> so for me, the Bengals are the better team. And I think the Bengals have still got a real good chance of making the AFC playoffs. That, they had a real good run of results this week with Steve, Pittsburgh losing, um, Houston losing, Indianapolis losing. So that's really opened up it up for them. So the Bengals for me, especially at home. Yeah, I'm going, um, I'm going Vikings. Just to make it awkward for me. Yeah, just, just <laughs> that is a that is a so <laughs> I I went second just because now Dave's got to have the decided vote. That's it. I I'm not even apologising, Dave. Uh, who are you picking, mate? Ah, oh, well, let's just make the pod wrong. Vikings, come on, Vikings, yeah. you're awesome. <laughs> I can't believe I'm here now picking the Bengals at home. Oh, nah, Bengals, um, Bengals, I, I Bengals think... are going to win. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's changed his mind and he's gone with the Bengals. I think yeah, I changed NFL my mind. Saturday. I know. Listen, these <laughs> yeah, games great. these games aren't great, but the, the, it's great that they've got NFL on the Saturday. And it's it's why this Saturday it's because the college football really has finished, so they don't mind putting because they won't they wouldn't compete against college football. So it's reason got its Saturday games this weekend. They probably look like better games at the start of the season, but they did they? Great now. Did they? Did they well, really? Vikings Bengals was a high high seeded match last week. Last year. All right. Um, let's move on to the second Saturday game. And this one has got rock and roll written all over it, ladies and gentlemen. Pittsburgh Steelers at Indianapolis Colts. This is the smelliest fixture of the season. It's so bad. Dan. <laughs> um, veto. Yeah. The, I'd love to veto the <laughs> bloody team, let alone the, the game. Um, it's at the Colts, but I don't think the Colts are very good without Jonathan Taylor. I think they're weak without Jonathan Taylor. I think he's their special player. I think Minshew's up and down. And I think the Pittsburgh defence is probably going to... should. It needs to show up and win a game because it's highly touted, it's highly ranked, but it hasn't won them a game yet. Um, their offence isn't going to win them a game, but it might score enough points to keep them in it. The Steelers' defence needs to win and it needs to score points. And I think against the Colts team that's a bit boom or bust with Minshew, I think there'll be a lot of pick sixes. I think TJ Watt's going to have a big game. And for me, the Steelers have to win now to be relevant. Uh, they've lost their gap that they had, their flex that they had with the other teams, with losing the last two games against the Cardinals and Patriots, which they had no right to lose. Uh, they could have been the number one seed had they won those games. Ken, um, so, Ken, Kenny Pickett has had a worse season than the Colts' backup quarterback. Yeah, he's had, he's, scored, he's thrown less touchdowns than uh, Tommy DeVito. Um <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if he's playing Pickett. I think Trubisky No, I don't in. know if he is. I was going to ask if Baby Hans is playing. Um, yeah, well, then the crowd are cheering for Mason Rudolph. So there's a there's a clear divide there at Pittsburgh. But I think that they'll just do that thing where they stick around long enough. And a win here against the Colts gives them the head-to-head. It just probably seals them in the wildcard spot. We, weird that these two have both got winning records. I, I think this is the first time that we have previewed a Colts game since, like, week four. I don't think we've done... Mm any preview I don't think they have played on a TV game in the UK for about 10 or 11 weeks weren't they one of the um, they were one of the Germany games weren't they they beat the Patriots didn't they in Germany they were the first and what's that Germany game s- that, okay so that's week, six or seven, seven weeks yeah, ago yeah yeah, yeah. I think we, we tipped oh. them to beat the Patriots didn't they that was the last time we spoke about them I think the only time this year crazy absolutely crazy shit. Uh, who are we picking Dave do you, have you got anything you, you want to add to what Dan said no, I mean, I believe that TJ Watt is actually carrying an injury, which isn't good news yeah. for, like, my fantasy team, which is all that really matters. Um, but no, so he's out of this game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, li- li- literally make sure you're getting something in on the game day up, for fantasy game day up, on account of the fact that if you don't, it's probably not that much interest in this game. But at the same time, it is... I mean, there's playoff connotations to it, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I do love Mike Tomlin, but at the same time, that Steelers team is quite abhorrent on offence right now. There's a definite disconnect between what he wants to try to do on offence and what's being produced. It's been a little bit better, or at least it was before Pickett got injured um, under the new OC. I can't remember his name, but the, the last guy definitely deserved getting fired. Um, but at the same time, I can't really pick against the Colts right now because... <sighs> When, when you look at Minshew, he's potentially better than Pickett, which is bad news for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But when it's Mitchell Trubisky, who I still don't think he's particularly good throwing to the left side of the field, and he's been in the league for a while now. I, I just or can't the right really side see. of the field. 
or the <laughs> yeah. middle of the field. <laughs> or anywhere. Or... He can't throw the ball his way. No, but he can. He can throw the ball. He can throw it a long way. He just doesn't know when to. Um, it, it, it's... I feel for the Steelers right now. I can't really see them getting a win. Uh, I'm going to go with the Colts and uh, I'm going to go with further stock game decline for you, Dan. Thank you. I was convinced that there was going to be a tie. Still might be. I picked Chargers, Chargers Raiders, right? Tonight? That's tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I'd picked Vikings. Raiders, because that would have been really close, close to being a tie. That would have been as wrong. close as yeah. it would have been wrong, but it would have been close. No, I don't no want to pick. I don't. Amazing, I'm, yeah. I'm struggling to pick. I'm struggling to pick here. So, this is the rule that Dan has given me as a as a new person to the NFL. If you can't decide who's going to win, pick the team with the best unit on the field. Who's got the best unit on the field, Dan? Thanks, Pittsburgh defense. I think. In which case, without Taylor. I'm going Steelers, what, but only theory? because that's what. <laughs> Don't I've, that, do you have no idea how difficult that decision was for me, Dave? Don't make me change my mind. I'm I just can't carry do on. it, man. Ca- 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 carry on, man. Like honestly, uh, okay. I I hope it's a tie, and I hope it's nil nil, just so that like there's a worse game than what the Vikings put on the other day. <laughs> um, do you know what would be worse than a three nil win? A, a, two, three, a, a three and a loss. No, a two, a two touchback tie. That'd be it, wouldn't it? Oh. Could you imagine? That was, that was it. Oh, safeties. <laughs> two, two safety. Uh, safety each way and nothing else happens in the game. You see, safeties <laughs> are something that I think are nonsense. Like, if in an ideal world, a safety, which is only worth two points, you're essentially stopping the, the offence behind their own line. It should be worth a touchdown. I've never understood why why they bother making it a safety rather than a touchdown. It'd be far more entertaining as well. And I think you deserve like the full six points with the potential of the extra point or two points. If you do stop them behind their own goal line, because it, it, it should be something that an offence can get out of. So yeah, You get the ball but, back as well, though, don't you? That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, you, you do, but I'd just make it a touch, touchdown and then keep the ball back to him crack um, I think we've covered this on Coaching Corner at some stage this season haven't we you can go back and listen I think that was like have you got a steam train in your room is that all I can hear is is like the hissing of a steam train what is going on um, I'm, I'm vaping quite heavily on account of the fact that I've still not recovered from Vikings Raiders okay okay um, take more than a vape <laughs> Somebody, I wish. Yeah, no, I'm, I was going to say, I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, Broncos at Lions is the next one. Um, a Lions side that have struggled in the last couple of weeks, fallen down the rankings a little bit. A Broncos side that are probably doing better than I was anticipating. They've won six out of their less, last seven now, Denver. They're actually going <sighs> pretty well. Uh, and Russell Wilson is actually proving that actually he's not as horrible as he could have been. Two touchdowns, 224 yards, no interceptions last week. It's not a horrible performance, that, against the Chargers. Who could have predicted against the Broncos? Who? Against, uh, yeah, La <laughs> Chargers. Against the worst defensive football. Yeah. Uh, listen, you're right. Denver have done well. They've surprised me. Uh, but they've, they're doing it in a way that's a bit a bit bland, a bit boring. I think when they play a really good, exciting team that can score points, I think they struggle. De- Denver's game plan is to, to, to have long drives, so it's a lot of shot passing, a lot of short running, a lot of screen passing, a lot of play action. Um, so they're taking a lot of time off the clock. They're shortening games to make it um, a one-score game. And then they're using the experience of the quarterback to try and win these games. And Listen, it's a it's a recipe that's done Sean Payton well for the last 10 years, and it will continue to do well. Um, but I think with the, when the when the Lions have struggled, in contrast, they've struggled against teams that are high-powered, that can score quickly on them. So we watched on Thanksgiving, Green Bay went touchdown, touchdown. And it just put... The, it put stress on the Detroit and they're, yeah. they're, they're a very inexperienced team Detroit Young they're team. highly talented yeah. they're talented but they're inexperienced a, a bit like the Packers so when you get when you sort of punch them a bit they don't quite know how to react and they lose their own game plan which is to run the ball and control the game I think Chicago have given them two really tough games because Chicago with Fields and Moore can just bomb they can just go score 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 and they've got up on their lines quickly and sort of thrown them off game plan um, and the, we saw Green Bay do the same thing, but they've only lost to, to that sort of style of game, and, and Denver aren't that style of team, which makes me think Detroit at home will probably win the game because I think they'll just grind, they'll outgrind Denver because they're better at what Denver mm-hmm. do than what Den- than Denver, um, and I think their running game is better. <coughs> I think they've got better receivers, um, and if Jared Goff isn't pressured too much, and the Broncos' defense isn't a pressure defense, it's a coverage defense, then I think 
Denver will have. I think Detroit will have too much, but I think this will be a this this point line on this is really high. I think it's nearly forty eight points, and it's it, it's it's a bang in the under game for me. It's it's sort of seventeen fourteen or something like that. I was just um, I'm going to let Dave have his say on this game in, in a sec, but I was just just looking back, and of course the Lions lost to the Bears last week, yeah. and it made me wonder who would win in a fight, a lion or a bear. There's actually well, a it? scientific answer to this. Is there? Yeah. It's based on the uh, the actual um, the, the density of their bones and a lion's skull is far too fragile to cope with a strike from a bear whilst a bear can actually absorb any strokes from a lion. Are we going polar or brown, grizzly? What what type of bear? It we... doesn't matter. So as soon as it's uh, a lion versus <laughs> any, bear, if it's a polar bear, in, any lion. If it's a polar I, bear in Africa. I think we might be struggling a bit. No, no, no. I, I think that the only bear we might struggle is a monocle bear, which is a joke from an entirely different thing. Spectacle bear, yeah. Some bear. Um, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, but even yeah. then, the, like, mm. the, the bone density is meant to be enough to cope with a lion. What's interesting teddy? is it becomes a what bit more even when you throw right, a tiger. Bridgewater. Oh, bear. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, the, uh, a teddy bear would probably lose. I'll give you that, mm. Dan. Cool. The importance of the detail. Uh, I'm going. I'm going. Lines. Good. Uh, Dave. Despite the science. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In spite of the science. Yeah. Oh my God! You're going against science, Liv. Um Right. Okay. Um, so for, for for me, um, the key thing about the success of the Broncos recently, uh, and I think this is the thing which has been holding them in good stead, is just how damn nasty they are on the field. Uh, the amount of fines that they've picked up, the amount of suspensions that they're picking up, they let teams know that they're in a game and they let them know early. I think for the very reason that you're talking about with Alliance, which is their inexperience, I think it might be a little bit of a culture shock for them. Um, and for that reason, I'm actually going to go with the Broncos. It's not biased towards nice. the stock market game. It is just literally, I think that the well, Broncos are going to try and overpower is that your best Yeah. Thing? Oh my God, it's going to be bad for yeah. you, isn't it? When I don't even make playoffs. It's still top of the NFC North, which is a garbage division, but there you go. There's, there's a reason for the pick. Okay. The real it, team in there is rubbish. It, you've picked the lines as well, haven't you? I have. Uh, look, final one for this section of the previews is the Cowboys at the Bills. This yes. one's got interesting, interesting times. Um, Sunday the 17th, 9.25 at Highmark. So... Um, I, I'm quite looking forward to this one. Find it difficult to call. 10-3 and three Cowboys against the 7-6 and six Bills. But the Bills, you know, looked all right again, didn't they? Came back, played pretty well last weekend. We did tell you they'd win. You did. All of us all did. Of us Unanimous did. decision on the yeah. other podcast yeah. that Bills had win on the road in Kansas. I like that. It was brave. It was ballsy. And it was correct. It was class. Yeah. 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 Thanks to Kadarius Tony's foot. Mate, you mean Cornelius Tony? We finally Cornelius, saw him on the field, did. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cornelius. Told you how they were going to win the game because he was rubbish. Cornelius and there you go. toe has obviously <laughs> caused his knee an issue. Um, yeah, right. Who's going first? Dave, do you want to go first on this one? Yeah, why not? Um, I'm, much as I do respect what the Bills have been doing, the, the Cowboys... <sighs> At the moment, they are functioning at a high level. It, it, it's an interesting one because last year, the Cowboys have the offensive coordinator who's currently at the Chargers. What's he called? The former quarterback. Um, can you remember his name off the top of your head, Dan? Uh, it's not Keenan McCardle. Uh, that's the wide no. receivers coach of the Vikings. Um, oh, God. Keenan Moore. Something more. Kellen Moore. Kellen, Kellen Moore. Moore. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So, Kellen Moore was uh, at the... Um, was was actually the, the, the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, didn't get renewed last year. Ended up going to the Chargers. The Chargers appear to have stalled massively. I never thought I'd give McCarthy any praise whatsoever, but the offense is performing an awful lot better this year than it did last year. Um, I think as you've brought up the stat last week, they're the only team that have outscored the uh, Dolphins and they've continued to outscore the Dolphins. Uh, Liam, um, for, for me, the Cowboys have, have hit a bit of form. Um, I want the Bills to win because it keeps that division interesting but I do think they're up against it massively at the moment just with the confidence that Dak is playing with and of course the fact that he's now spokesman for Big Pharma so going to get all the uh, all the decisions aren't they Cowboys I'm, I'm, I'm still struggling to believe in the Cowboys um, and I think 
this is a this will be a show me game for me. I, I, I kind of expected them to do well at home against the Eagles. It was a match. If they were ever going to beat the Eagles, last week was it. They were in flying form. They're scoring 40 points a week at home. They were playing at home again against the team they needed to win. It, it also helped for them. I still don't think they'll win the division. I think the Eagles will uh, because their run now, Dallas, I think they play Buffalo, Miami, Kansas, and then somebody else. So they're, they're now going into their run that, that Philadelphia just had. This is what happens when you're in the same division. Yeah. You play the same teams eventually. So their run, and whilst the Eagles are playing the Giants twice, the Cardinals and the Seahawks. So... Um, I think it'll turn back round again. Uh, so, but for me, I was really impressed with the Bills. Uh, I've been really impressed with the Bills the last few weeks. I was impressed with them against the Eagles when the Eagles were playing really well and healthy. They, the Bills should have beat them in Philadelphia. Yeah, they, um, they went and beat Kansas City in Kansas City, and I know Kansas City should have won the game. Decisions, blah 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 blah. They didn't win the game. Buffalo did, um, and they deserved a bit of luck. They've had a bit of bad luck. Remember the start of the season, they lost to a punt return in New York when Rodgers went down. I mean, they've had some bad luck this year, Buffalo. I think the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the AFC. Um, I on think their day. From now, right now, they're the team no one wants to play. I think they'll win the AFC, and I think they'll scrape in, because I think the Dolphins will wobble. The Bills get the Dolphins again. They've already battered them once. They're only one game behind, I think, if they win this. So I think, I think they've got an easier run now. So I think the Buffalo, I think the Bills are the best team in the AFC, and I think they'll win the AFC. And I think they'll start by really battering the Cowboys here at home and roughing them up, because the Cowboys don't travel. The Bills are a good team at home. So if, if listen, if Dallas go there and win, I'm, I'm, I mean, I believe you, but they won't. Here's um, a couple of stats to back up what Dan's just said. Bookies have got the Cowboys as 1.5 underdogs against the, Spil- the Bills, despite that five-game winning streak and being the number one seed in the NFC. Um, they are very equal in terms of how many yards they make per play. The Bills deep getting better and the final one is all three of the Cowboys losses this season have come on the road and they are good teams yeah Yeah. other than the Cardinals uh, interesting Uh, right you're going with Uh, Buffalo for me go Bills I'm going to go Buffalo as well Dave well I'm going against you both but I also want us to make sure that we do get Dan claiming that the Bills are the best team in the AFC right now as part of our social uh Shorts because I'm pretty sure you meant Fine. to add in the actual division name there. Otherwise, they're better than the, the Ravens, mate. Do you think? I that? think they are at the minute. Yeah, I think they are at the minute. I think you if the Ravens played the Bills, even in Baltimore, the Bills are the best team in the AFC right now. Yeah, I think the okay. second best team in football. And you're putting the Niners ahead of them. Yeah. Okay. Clip those I, I mean, social ball, media. Balls out, mate. Fair play. Do it. <laughs> That's such an Australian phrase, isn't it? <laughs> Balls out. Balls out. Um, Balls out, mate. Right. Balls out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, right. Okay, we will get on to previewing some more games. There's so many to get through. First, I wanted to tell you about one of our uh, headline sponsors here at Utter Punts, and that is Beer Keller in Manchester. What a brilliant place it is to go and watch the NFL on a Sunday night. Um, get down there. Wings, like-minded people, beer, big screen TVs, and just a really good atmosphere. We've got potentially another couple of live shows coming up from Beer Keller before the end of the season as well. We're looking looking at championship weekend and then potentially something around one of the biggest games uh, of sporting events in the world ever. So we will let you know exactly when we've got something down uh, for definite on either of those. But look, get yourself down to Beer Keller. Loads of venues across the UK. Absolutely brilliant to be a part of it. Thank you very much indeed to them. Um... Do we want to do coaching corner this week or shall we skip it and get back onto the previews? No, I think let's do it. I think All it's right. a good conversation. Tanking is what we're talking about in coaching corner this week. And uh, it's something I think that the fans get quite het up about. Fans would look at, you know, a poor start to the season and, and go, do you know what? I think we should just tank it from here. I'm not sure the same thing applies if you're a head coach or a player. Um, both Dave and I are guilty of maybe suggesting that our teams should tank this season. Um, but again, I'm not quite sure that that's how it works when you've got a bit of professional pride on the line. I agree. Uh, for me, tanking is a fan, made-up fan thing. It's uh, it's what fans believe their team should do, and it's a way of them cheering on their team losing because everyone wants an interest in the game, so they'd rather have the team lose 
because, oh, we're getting a good pick. Listen, first of all, there's no guarantee the pick you're going to get works out. Number one seed that have gone, if you're looking for a franchise quarterback, Max Mariota, Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, um, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. Yeah. I mean, you can go on about these number one, these, these high draft picks, Kenny Pickett. Um, it doesn't always work out. So I think the owners maybe sometimes would think, well, this could work out well. For me, it's very rare that the same head coach is in charge of a team that would get the number one pick, would still be in his job. Um, so it's unlikely he's wanting to tank. Look at the Texans last year with Lovey Smith. They won to cost themselves the number one overall pick. Um, and the, the players, listen, the players, you, if you ever, you, you talk to these players, you watch these players, you listen to them, there's no way they got there to lose. They're, they're risking their livelihood. We spoke about Hayden Hurst last week. They get hit, one bad tackle, they're out for the year, they're out for the season, their career could end and that's them done. They ain't playing at 90%, trust me. So, uh, no, it doesn't exist. An organisation can try and tank. So look at the Cardinals this year, swapping quarterbacks out, bringing Josh Dobbs in a week to go. Um, they can try and do it, what the commanders have done with, with sort of trading away their best talent. They can try and do it. But the guys you bring in instead of them are going to try as hard as they possibly can and play as well as they possibly can because they're playing for their contracts. Tanking doesn't exist in the professional game. It's a fan thing. Unless you're the Miami Dolphins in 2019, Dave. No, I, I, I disagree. I think it's a back office thing. At least it should be. I think if you're the GM of a team, then you should be looking to make sure that you are giving them the widest possible window to win a Super Bowl. Right? The issue that you get is a culture versus a strategic thinking piece. Um, for the most part, Dan's exactly right. Within a football team, within an NFL football team, everybody wants to win. From the coaching staff down, to down all the way down to the kit men, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to win. The GM, though, has to be able to remove themselves from the emotion of it. They need to be able to look at things logically. They need to be able to assess where their squad is at accurately. And they need to be able to respond accordingly. So for me, whilst... I fully understand the fact that, for the most part, it's going to be very, very unpopular with, 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 with fan groups, right? Because everybody wants to actually be paying for a, a, team, a ticket for a team which is competitive in a game. The GM needs to be able to go, right, okay, this is where my team is at. This is where we're going to finish this season. And according to that, and I want to take any doubt out of this, I want to be able to be able to manoeuvre so that I can ensure that we are achieving the best possible result next year in the draft. And I think if you don't look at it that way, um, then you end up in a situation where you are basically in limbo as a franchise. And from my perspective as a Vikings fan, we have been in limbo for many, many decades. Like the, the, the number of top quality wide receivers we've got. We went through the list, uh, didn't we, a couple of weeks back where we were naming the, the, the highest uh, touchdown scorers in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Two of those were Vikings. That's why I knew them. Right? Name a Vikings quarterback. At no point in our, <laughs> no point in our history have we taken a number one quarterback. At no point in our history have we actually taken a quarterback in the top five. Right? In fact, it might even be worse than that. It might be we haven't taken a quarterback in the top ten. I'm not too sure, but. I, I am a very passionate follower of a franchise that doesn't understand occasionally you do need to cut bait. We consistently are in a position where we are looking to basically maximise each season as it comes. I don't think that's a smart strategically. I, I just don't. I'm a business analyst. That's what I do for a living. As far as I'm concerned, the best commodity that an NFL team can achieve is draft commodity. I want draft picks. I want to be able to to take shots in the lottery that is for draft. Dan's right. A lot of these number one overall picks don't turn out. But then Joe Burrow, um, Andrew Luck. Like, okay, Luck ended up playing at the Colts and they ruined him by not putting in a team around him. But for me, the biggest mistake you can make is by going, right, we have a winning culture here before you're ready for it. Like, the the Ravens are ready for it. But why are you ready for it? You took a quarterback with the last pick of the first round. Uh, Your old GM's last ever pick, right? He was a player that was ignored, despite the fact that on the consensus board for that draft, he was the top five pick. He was ignored because he didn't have an agent. 
you guys took advantage and you got yourselves Lamar Jackson. That's great, but that shouldn't happen in the NFL. Teams should be much more aware of the value of quarterbacks that are coming through in the draft. They should be looking to to sell their draft commodities accordingly. Um, And I think that if you can get yourself in a place where you are basically owning other teams' draft picks and you do that by selling your own assets, that's much better than hoping that you yourself can tank. Like the, the, the situation that the Bears have got themselves in where they allowed the, the, the Panthers to take the number one overall pick last year for what was basically a King's Ransom. Hmm. The Bears now are in a position where they're going to be the holder of number one overall pick next year. That allows them to choose what they want to do with Justin Fields. They can either trade back again and look to put in weapons around him or they're going to be in a position where they can take Caleb Williams. Now, Caleb Williams, for those who don't know, is the most highly touted prospect since Andrew Luck came out in the draft. He's regarded as a better player than, than Trevor Lawrence was, who went number one overall. He's regarded as better than Joe Burrow. He's basically considered to be the next big thing. Teams will want that. There are other quarterbacks in this draft as well who can go a long way to making you a more efficient team. Drake May... And another QB who's just announced that he's going to be coming out in this draft. He's fantastic. You've got Primetime Son who might come out. Personally, I hope he spends another year at Colorado to round himself out. But the timing of a tank, and a tank should only be an applicable thing where you have those generational talents coming through a quarterback. Because otherwise, you, you, you don't know what you're getting. But this year... And that's why I wanted the Vikings to tank. This year, there's Caleb Williams, there's, there's Drake May... Um, there's other QBs who are going to be coming into this draft who are high-level prospects. That's why this year it made sense. For me, it would have made an awful lot of sense when the Vikings were 1-4 and four and just lost Justin Jefferson. I wanted us to trade Kirk Cousins. As it was, he got an Achilles injury. Right, out for the season, right? Okay, great. But we could have cashed in on him before that happened. We would have been in a better position for next year. What are the Vikings going to do this year? If we limp into the playoffs, brilliant. It helps me out in the stock market game against Dan. But I have no, no belief whatsoever that we're a challenger for this year's Super Bowl. The only way you can achieve that is by underperforming. Now, whether that's through having the wrong coaches in charge, which I don't think the Vikings do have, but overall, the, the tactic of tanking should be something which is viable for a GM who doesn't give a crap about emotion, and GMs shouldn't give a crap about emotion. So for me, tanking is a viable thing to do. Do you know, my only my challenge against that, Dave, and I think a lot of what you're saying is right. My, my only point, just to counter, is that the GM that wants to do the tank is very rarely going to keep his job if they do that badly. No, for the, the Browns guy was it Sashi Brown? Who, Sash, when Sashi he, Brown. Yeah. He's not he, <laughs> uh, so I think he's a really clever guy, and yeah. he accumulated an awful lot of draft capital by tanking the Browns. Uh, but he wasn't actually allowed to spend it. He got ousted and replaced exactly. by Exactly, and that, that, that's Mr. kind of Barrett. my point. So what was, what was in it for him? My, my other point is, you're saying to be a successful team, you've got to tank and get that. The Patriots never tanked. The Ravens Patri- don't tank. The Steelers the pa- don't tank. These yeah, teams, but, that, but the, the Eagles haven't tanked. Have the 49ers haven't backs. tanked. All these good teams, the Cowboys haven't tanked. All these teams that are perennial playoff people, playoff teams in the last 25 years, none of them have had a top five pick. So you're wrong. Very rarely have a San, San Francisco sold out to go and get Trey Lance. They, they traded up for it, but they didn't they, tank they, to get it. They, they, they were wrong. They, they, they basically put in place an awful lot of their draft commodity mm-hmm. for the next few years in order to go and get him. And they got incredibly lucky that they got Brock Purdy. So if you, if you can guarantee with the very last pick of a draft, you could get a quarterback as a viable starter, great, don't tank. The Vikings have never had a quarterback outside of Fran Tarkenton, who I would argue would have been one of the top three or four in the league at the time. As a result of having Fran Tarkenton, they got to four Super Bowls. Don't tell me tanking's a bad idea when the only way you're going to be able to leverage the draft capital to get up to get a quarterback who's a viable option in the NFL is by tanking. Like... I, I, I fully I appreciate where you could. Yeah, and, and you will. Like, who, who are the best quarterbacks? Who are the best quarterbacks in the NFL? Who are the best quarterbacks in the NFL? Joe Burrow. Dan Prescott. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, no, Joe Burrow maybe. Okay, but Joe the top Burrow five. is the best quarterback Lamar in the Jackson, NFL. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, where was he drafted? Where was Tom number Brady 10? drafted? Where was Brock Purdy drafted? Mahomes, where was Jalen Hurts drafted? Mahomes was drafted number 10. The, the downside on Mahomes coming out in the draft was they didn't think that he'd be able to run an NFL offense because of the fact that he liked to hold on to the ball too long. Now, He's an exceptional athlete and was able to overcome that. But there's a reason why he wasn't taken at number one overall. They didn't think it would transfer. The skill set would transfer. So 
I, they I, were bang I, on, I, weren't they? No, very, very, very wrong. Apart from Andy Reid, right? But and did the Patriots draft? Did the Patriots tank to get Brady? Did they? No, but but you can't tell me that it's viable to pick quarterbacks. In what I can around. tell you is, no team that's ever tanked has won a Super Bowl. The teams that win the the teams that win these games don't tank. They're perennially good performers, and they're well they're well managed teams. They're well managed I, I, organizations. I think each case is its own case. Each draft is its own Who, draft. Which tanking teams ever won the Super Bowl? Give me, give me one. Okay, I can only really provide you with the details of one team who I know took three overall, number one overall picks, who basically, had they not swapped out on my quarterback, were probably in a better place today. And that's the Browns. Like, the, the, the Browns got Miles Garrett. The Browns got Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was shipped out of the Browns after an injury-ridden season. Like, because he wasn't the guy who was picked by the coaching staff who were in place. For, for, for me, it, it's that's, a debate which can go round and round and round, but it all depends upon the case of your franchise. And whilst you're saying it's only a fan-only thing, it's not a fan-only thing. There are very, very clever GMs who have gone down the route of looking to, accept, to get that draft capital in place. One of them works for your organisation now, right? And it, it's li- literally one of those where... It's a different philosophy, but if you were able to get yourself to a point where you were owning each draft, then you could pick whoever you wanted from that draft. But it's very rare that a team goes full tank, and it's the the lack of commitment to that, which I think leads them to a point where they don't end up winning the Super Bowl. that's, That's just my opinion, and it's just based on the fact that, as a Vikings fan, I really am fed up of the middle ground I don't want Kirk Cousins as my QB I don't want a fifth round pick and we end up paying a massive amount of salary for a top three salary in the NFL for a guy who who, who does choke under pressure like if you want a top quarterback then you've got to do the things which you, which will get you there to get that quarterback if it's not tanking that's great but it is selling your assets and the Vikings aren't willing to do either so for me as a Vikings fan I wanted an accidental tank so badly this year. But Brian Flores has done an outstanding job with that defence. It's the top five defence in every category. So it's a fun so, thing. Uh, maybe. But if I was GMing <laughs> in it, I'd do it as well. And um, I'd go wholehearted for it, mate. I would literally sell out everything that I, I could. As a fan, of course you would. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm calling time out on this discussion. <laughs> I'm still not quite sure we're going to fit all of it into this episode of the podcast. We might have to do like a tanking special where we just take this week's coaching corner out and it's just you two having a conversation. In the meantime, here's a stab and everybody can have a breather. Proper discussion on uh, Utter Punt. I think... um, good enough that we might even just turn that into standalone, <laughs> given that we've got so much else to talk about um, and we don't want to make these episodes too much longer than an hour. Um, let's move on to the second part of the preview, shall we? Um, we gave Dave first dibs on the Vikings game. You get first dibs on the Ravens game at Jacksonville. Jacksonville with some fairly hefty off-the-field issues they're dealing with at the mm. minute, as well as some fairly hefty on-the-field ones too. Um, Dan, what do you make of this one? Uh, it was a game I was worried about a couple of couple of weeks ago. The Jags looked like they were playing well. This was in Jacksonville, late night game. The Ravens had go off the bye, um, and it's one of the games. Obviously, Jacksonville are the I think they're the three seed at the minute in the AFC. Ravens are the one seed, so getting the head to head here is massive. It gives them a game and a half. Um, I think the Ravens come into it after a tough win, but a, a win all the same. And I think winning those games is good for a team. Looking at the way that game finished, and you know the whole team chasing. Um, the, uh, Tyron Wallace up the, up the sideline when he returned that punt was incredible. The crowd response was incredible. Um, and I think that gives the team a lift, even though it went to overtime. Jags look a bit stinky. They look like they've got a bit of a stink on them. Lawrence not moving that well, although played okay, but didn't look like Trevor Lawrence. And I think they've missed C- Christian Kirk got injured. In the same game that um, Lawrence got injured, the, all the news was on Lawrence, but actually Kirk got injured in the same game. And I think their right tackle got injured in the same game, which don't get the headlines because it's not the quarterback, but... They made a big difference uh, last week. And I think the Ravens come into it in better form, although they have lost Kyle Hamilton. He's a week, he's week, week by week now, and he's a massive part of that defence. And it's a defence that confuses. I think the Ravens have got the edge because I think if, if Trevor Lawrence is going to try and be a pocket passer, he's coming up against a really conflicting and a really confusing Ravens defence, which can do all sorts of things to him. So I think the Ravens have the edge. Um, and I think they've just got to make sure they get the points on the board. And I think if they do that, they can put the Jags away here. That's my view. 
Dave? Hey, Ravens. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, nah, uh, it's, it's a tough game, but the, the, the Jags did not start well in their last game. Uh, they kind of rallied it a little bit, but at the same time, it was kind of already over. I think Trevor Lawrence is now carrying an injury. Um, if the Jags were going up against anyone who weren't as good as the Ravens, who I think are the best team in the AFC, um, then I would probably fancy them more. But right now, I'm expecting them to get broken down over a period of time. Uh, yep. Possibly keep the game close for, for, for the first half, but I do expect the, the Ravens to basically come out on top. Um I just feel for the Jags fans at the moment on account of the fact that I think they got their hopes up and that whole division seems to be getting a little bit closer and um, as I said before the season started mm. the Titans are probably going to win it I think they're the only team that can aren't they yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. cool right who's everybody picking I'll go Ravens it's not the point, going. Yeah, Ravens for me yeah. Uh, yeah, Dave's Ravens. going Ravens right cool um, it's a clean sweep Eagles at Seahawks is the next one at Lumen Field this is Monday Night Football um Losing record Seahawks, very winning record Philadelphia Eagles, but coming off the back of a loss. Um, in fact, coming off back-to-back losses, 49ers and the Cowboys, they've lost two now. Um, I, Dave, do you want to go first? Yeah, the Eagles broken. They, they, their offensive coordinator <laughs> and their DC are terrible. Um, it's only going to get worse. The Eagles are going to lose. <laughs> I love that. Single sentence. Bosh. Done. Yeah. Eagles off the back of two losses. Seahawks on the back of four losses. Yeah. <laughs> so, not exactly a game of They've looked it, awful. Your TV guy... Yeah, they've looked terrible. TV, your TV guy will probably say Chiefs at Patriots. Um, it's been flexed out for this game. Chiefs and Patriots moved to Sunday, just so I don't get confused. Um, but bird off. Um, the bigger bird is the is the eagle, I think. So, uh, eagles. Um, oh, no, I think a Seahawk's bigger than an eagle. Not a baby Seahawk. Um, <laughs> and these are young. Uh, the, the, Pete Carroll in 14 years. A seagull. A seagull. A sea eagle. Like exactly. Bigger again. Exactly. Like massive. a combination of the yeah, massive okay. thing. Yeah. Um, Isn't that a Seahawk? I think that's. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they are the same thing. Okay. Um, so, so Seahawk's bigger than Eagles. It's, uh, the first time in 14 years Pete Carroll's gone, lost four games on the bounce. So there's a bit of a stink on the, the, stink on the Seahawks. If, if the Seahawks had. Geno Smith and their wide receivers were playing well their passing game was playing well I would think they could exploit the weakness of the Eagles which is their secondary mm-hmm. we have said that a number of times I know it's getting a bit boring but it is important game. to say in this game I don't think Drew Locke um, has got the capability to hurt them as much as the other teams have and I think that Philadelphia pass rush Has it been confirmed that Geno's not playing because he was questionable it's wasn't 50-50 he? but the line is badly and their the whole line is bad and I think Jalen Carter and I think the Fletcher Cox and I think Hassan Riddick I think will just tear up the Seahawks here So just think, rest him give him an opportunity to get healthy Yeah and I think it's time the Seahawks I think it's, I think Philly will, will really want to sort of straighten themselves up they're now entering their real cushy part of their schedule to, to get that the number one seed and I think it starts here with a win on the road for me I think it's the I think it's the Eagles. I think they're still a very very good team. Uh, good stuff. Um, have you both had your say on this one? Yeah, I don't want to say any more because I do agree with Dan. But <laughs> you don't want to tell I him that you him. agree with him. Yeah. No, um, Eagles Dan. or Seahawks? The Eagles fans. Dan, Eagles or Seahawks? Yeah, Eagles. Dave, Eagles or Seahawks? Veto. Veto. <laughs> You've got to choose. <laughs> you can't veto your choice. Which one are you picking? Eagles, He's picking Eagles. He just didn't want to say it. Yeah. No, uh, it's a clean really sweep didn't. of Eagles. Clean sweep of Eagles. Uh, last game um, before we get on to bets and uh, your utter punts of the week. I, I call the Eagles Dave's bird team. Dave's bird team. <laughs> just so you know. Just so it annoys him. Okay. He uh, doesn't know. Everyone just told him now. New Orleans Saints <laughs> at the um, La Rams. Um, Listen, the Rams are good. Yeah. Uh, the Saints aren't. Yeah, um, both have really identical imp- records. They they have, but really impressed with the way the Rams played against the Ravens on Sunday, and they'd won three straight going into that, and, and they were unlucky not to win it. They had enough chances to win it. The the Rams are a playoff team, I think, and I'd I'd much prefer to see them in the playoffs than than the Seahawks. I'd probably prefer to see them in the the playoffs. Sorry, they rather than the Vikings. I think they're a better team, um, and I'd certainly rather see them in the playoffs rather than the Saints. Is Puka Nakua the coolest name in the NFL at the moment? It's no, that's, that's still <laughs> Tua. When you say his full name, what Tua Tanga Vailoa or the full Tua Tanga Manapola Tua Vailoa, I think is what it is. And 
For me, that's still the coolest name because of what he's he just means, called which... Dave when Tyreek Hill's not playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, the, the, the name the name means something along the lines of beautiful evening songbird. Yeah, that's about right. Absolutely love that. It's Tuaniga Manu Lapola Donny Tangavailoa. Yeah, Donny is his middle name, and I love that Donny's middle name. Yeah, really. Yeah, famous Tua Osmond. Mum was a big fan of the Osmond. Not the Godfather, no. Definitely the Osmonds. Definitely Osmonds. Yeah, and new kids on the block. <laughs> so silly get, get out of that so silly <laughs> um, uh, Puka Nakua in 2023 1,113 yards 82 receptions and 4 touchdowns in his rookie season not bad going we've already spoken about him but on, you, you've also got other strengths in there haven't you the likes of Cooper Cup who is probably still the best route runner in the NFL uh, he's up there with Durant Adams, definitely. And, and he's starting to get, look healthy. He played well against the Ravens on Sunday. Kyron Williams, the running back, is really good. They're really good. They're really running the ball. And their defence on the secondary, there's no names in there, but they played really well. Um, the Rams are a good young team, and I think I think they're a team you'd want to root for, really, in this. Uh, Dave, what have you got to say on this one? Probably still think that Stefan Diggs is the best route runner in the NFL, if I'm honest. But they're both physical specimens beyond yeah. him. Um but yeah, I mean, fair. yeah. Um, but for me, it's it. Yeah, I I, I want the Rams to win because yeah. I kind of agree with Dan. I'd like to see them in the playoffs. I think they're good mm. enough to be there. I think they're inconsistent, but their 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 ceiling games show an awful lot of potential. Um, can I ask a couple of quick questions before mm-hmm. we go any further? Um, considering we're a UK-based NFL podcast yeah. made for fans of the NFL in the UK, should we be saying defense or defense? It's defense. It's in which case, should we be saying route or route? Route. I'm not sure. I'm not some sure. Route I can... runner. <laughs> meet me. Um, that's, yeah. that's something else, isn't it? <laughs> route runner. <laughs> I just don't. I, it feels weird doing it or not doing Listen, it. We, just... we, 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 we've got the privilege of talking about America's game, and I think we have to use the American terms to do so. All right, fair enough. Uh, who are you picking, Saints or Rams? Rams. Dave. Nah. Rams, but it's a bastardised language and we shouldn't use it. Was that your Rams impression? Yeah, it was, it was really good. Right uh, I'm well, going to really um, <laughs> pick the Rams. Uh, very impressed. Right, Mets, quickly, we've got to get through this. We're like an hour and 20 minutes into this recording. That's about ridiculous. Uh, who you pick for your bet, Dan? Uh, so, um, I've got the Bengals versus the Vikings, straight win. I've got the Lions and Broncos under 51.5 points. I've got the Rams to beat Washington and, and I've got uh, Buffalo and Dallas over 47.5 points he's just over 4-1 to one again nice um, I went to Dan first so Dave could scramble for his phone and pull up his bet and I uh, made a really good shout so Dave have you managed to do that now? yeah man it's yeah. all good uh, I'm, I'm going for a little bit of a double there weren't any player lines available which annoyed me but um, basically the Broncos are 2-1 to one dogs against the Lions I don't see them being a 2-1 to one dog uh, and the Bears are a 29-20 to 20 underdog against at the Browns who are playing Joe Flacco um, which okay great Joe Flacco's actually look quite good which is great from my perspective not from Dan's who after I love Joe Flacco, man. Yeah, but it's, it's, some good times. Yeah, but like it, it, it's it's literally one of those where I just feel like the odds on both of those two teams in what I think are actually 50-50 matchups uh, are favouring. So if you take that double, uh, you end up getting four to one, no six point three five to one even, um, which I think is pretty good value. Bearing in mind, I can see both teams actually coming away with a victory. Even though I do, I do love the Browns. Like I've got a soft spot for them just simply because I think Miles Garrett is not quite as good as your mate Nick Bowser. It's all love, baby. Yeah. Uh, right. Let's um, let's call it right there, shall we? Time for our right punt of the week. Uh, I am choosing Ben Roethlisberger. Big well, Ben. You win. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Uh, End of show. <laughs> he's decided to go out on his podcast, which is called the most ridiculous thing in the world. It's called Footballing with Ben Roethlisberger, said in oh, the most Pittsburgh way that you possibly can. 
he's decided to have a right old pop at the Steelers and Mike Tomlin, saying <laughs> maybe the tradition is done. Do you know what, Ben? Get yourself in the bin. This was your job for a long time. It is not your job anymore. You're not helping. You're not being constructive. All you're doing is adding extra pressure onto a franchise that is not having a good time at the moment. And as much as he dislikes them, and he's quite pleased to see them struggling, it's still not a great look from you, Ben Roethlisberger, utter punt of the week. Dan. There are many reasons Ben Roethlisberger should be utter punt of every week, but we won't go there because it's a normal podcast. Yeah, Um, (laughs) get in trouble. A Canarius Tony for me. Listen, we talked about him, Cornelius, his brother, last week. Uh, and we said he needed to play well. We said he'd cost them games early in the season. And you can shout at the refs all you want, and you can say they shouldn't have called this, and they shouldn't have called that, and they shouldn't have called the other. What they called was, you were stood a yard offside, and if you can't see and look along the line as a professional footballer and realise you're stood in the wrong place, then I'm sorry, that's on you. Mm-hmm. Hi. Yeah, I've, I've, Dave? I've seen it before, Dan, where wide receivers have actually checked with the line judge. The yeah. line judge has said they're okay, yeah. and then they've still flagged them offside straight after. Uh, but he didn't even look at the line judge, no. and that no. is a basic thing to do. And yeah, and it, it was and a it hell of a play. A, a tremendous play. Amazing a tremendous play. play. Like, it wasn't what, the ref that spoiled it. What a pass from Kelsey. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from. The art punt of the week for me is Antonio Pierce, the uh, head coach of the Raiders, who I've been given some praise due to the fact that I did feel like they were getting a new coach bounce. What I saw at the weekend was, do you remember Phil Brown at Hull in, in, in yeah. UK football? Well, where he where, sat him down in the centre circle and told him off at Manchester City. So he gathered, Antonio Pierce at one point gathered the entire team around him to give him a rallying cry on the halfway line. Uh, and I saw Max Crosby looking confused. And then he sent them out eight minutes before the end of half time without any coaches, just to go and get ready for the second half. That's how you end up scoring zero points and losing to a team 3-0, who are frankly playing clueless. Antonio Pierce, it was all on you, because you made it all about your ego, rather than doing the things that your team needed needed you to do. And you've also sacked the DC, you know, talking about potentially changes on the OC side of the fence. Okay, great. But you're halfway through a season. You're meant to be trying to help the Raiders finish as high as they can. And you yourself are handicapping them because of your ego. Antonio Pierce, you've got a punt of the week. You should have won the last game. No, he's not. Very often, but Liam wins. Uh, Right, beautiful stuff. Uh, Gentlemen, we'll see you next week, yeah? Thank you. This has been Utter Punts. We will see you next week. (laughs) 